Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Kong Wesley. <laughs> and with us we have... That time before 9-11, or oh. after 9-11, <laughs> when Marky Mark said he could defeat the terrorists with kung fu or whatever. I think it was just the power of his abs, honestly. I don't know. I don't know. We've lost our minds. This this oh. episode. This is an episode where we just progressively lose our sanity. I need you to know, as a listener, that oh. we record these intros. I I don't even think there's five seconds before we end the episode <laughs> between us going into the intro, right, and we right. we came into it losing our fucking minds. Oh, jeez. Oh. oh my god. A couple things. First of all, did you know that um, quite frequently, I think every single Sunday, Marky Mark posts to his Instagram page a video of him uh, perched up somewhere outside of a church going, you gotta get prayed up. It's, it's Sunday. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. what? That's his it's Miller time? <laughs> yeah, you gotta get prayed up or something like that, but it's fucking incredible. Prayed. Uh, this is like when Ludacris would post crazy memes and just say, that's ludicrous, but spell it different <laughs> every time. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things about Ludacris. Oh. oh, it's absolutely phenomenal. And if you haven't seen it, you gotta. And I'm sure Cult Podcast will be sharing some of these the day that it comes out. Uh, because holy fuck, is it so funny. Secondly, despite how much we are laughing. I want to say, this episode is rough. It's a rough one. It's a real rough one. Content warning for everything. Uh, Religious abuse, sexual abuse, child abuse, uh, just regular old physical abuse. Like, literally everything. Yes. And so, as future Paige and future Armando will describe to you here in a second, um, we do have a bunch of palate cleansers for you. Uh, throughout the episode to make it better but we just did want to give you a heads up in case you would rather skip that because honestly again i think i said it in this episode and the last one every sentence somehow worse than the last right so just uh that's all we want to say before we get started if you want to help support the show you can go to patreon.com slash cult podcast if you like me and my bullshit and you want to listen to another show good news dum dum there is it's called the rt podcast rooster teeth podcast or rtp they're all the same show um and if you want to listen to it you can go to the rtpodcast.com or you can just find the audio version wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find the video version on YouTube or on the Rooster Teeth site. But again, you can go to drtpodcast.com to find out all of that information and for some helpful links. And thank you so much. And also Paige is on some other shows as well. That's right. If you want to hear my voice, you can listen to Horror Virgin or Romance in the Pod. Uh, both of those drop episodes every week. If you want to make me a luchador mask, you can reach out to me telepathically and mm-hmm. tell me about it and then astral project it to my house. Or you can hit me up on my socials, my Instagrams, my TikToks, etc. at Rampage Wesley. I love you so much. Bye. Hell yeah. And without any further ado, let's hop into the show. Santo. <laughs> Santo. Santo. And the ghost of the strangler. <laughs> For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm, organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership, organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers, organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships, and organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always, these are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have you. <laughs> okay, so this this is your thing where you can't stop saying Yule like Yule Tide. Like Soldier Boy. Like Soldier yeah. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Yule Tide in this. Oh. Yeah, we were, Jake and I were making up words to it earlier today because at first he was like, stop, that's ridiculous. And then earlier today he was like, you, and I was like, it's infectious. <laughs> it catches on. It catches on and it doesn't give up, much like the yeah. uh, sultry tones of Soldier Boy.
Yeah, 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 yeah. Watch me Christmas. Watch me home. Watch me open presents. <laughs> Superman. <laughs> Wish me it's Christmas so through fun. the phone. <laughs> through the phone. Takes me coming home. Yeah, that'd be a good one, too. Ooh. God. Wake up so in the morning. Options. Open presents up. That one's not as good. That one doesn't work as well. <laughs> Oh, I feel like I just need to do the dance with it every time. Like, you! <laughs> God. What an incredible part of history where, uh, for one brief second, every single song uh, at a wedding would describe to you how to do a dance, uh, inc- like, incorporated into it. You had the classics. Oh. You had Cupid Shuffle. You yeah, had the Dougie. Uh, but then you had, like soldier boy getting in there you had uh even little wayne had a dance for a while called the wham which was just him pumping his dick into the air and going wham 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 it was awesome it was fucking incredible that sounds like the exact amount of effort i expect from little wayne (laughs) yeah he also didn't give it its whole song he would do this at shows and uh on some albums where he would just play the beat to back that ass up and go wham 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 you a fine motherfucker won't you wham 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 wham. all right all right oh we are we are back. We are back. We are here to record part two of... For a uh, second time. For because a sec- we did this once already. <laughs> that we did, Paige. That we did. We did record this on Sunday and then immediately mm-hmm. find out that uh, the file had corrupted. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we are back here to do it again a second time. And It's uh, been a long time. We were due. Yeah. We, it's been so long since we've had to re-record an episode because of a technical difficulty. This is like, yeah. to, to us, this is like a throwback Thursday post. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, remember when? Yeah, remember it when used we used to have it a lot more often. <laughs> yeah, because we used to record cult podcasts off of a laptop that I bought on a Black Friday sale at Best Buy, like the year after I graduated high school. <laughs> Off of a pirated copy of FL Studio, I think. The same thing that teenagers use to go viral on the TikTok with their dance beats. Yep, yep. Uh, And some sort of cassette player plugged into a phone. Like, it was, yeah, it was a bad time. You're joking, but I remember when we used to record the show before the shows on my phone. Because that's all that I had at the time to record them locally. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm yep oh man there you go so here we are we're back we're here to do this um we had i had prepared a series of palate cleansers uh Mm -hmm. for the first version of this episode um and so i guess that i will be reusing some of them and giving you new ones uh because heads up as we probably mentioned also in the show before the show this Mm -hmm. episode is kind of a bummer (laughs) yeah yeah, and whenever you feel it getting to you, just think, you, yep. and, you know, it's Christmas. And you'll feel a little bit better. Um, a little bit better. Yeah, so this episode's a little bit rough, and in order to get us through that, um, I have, I presented Paige with Godzilla fun facts. Uh, yes. Because I yes. have been watching the Monsterverse movies, which are any movie starring basically a kaiju from 2014 onward. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've actually doubled down into this monster verse since we last recorded because I oh, just no. I just watched Pacific Rim, which is not part I of love the monster Pacific Rim. It's incredible. <laughs> it's Why do you know so it? good? They, it's so fucking good. <laughs> there's a part, Paige. There's I know you know this. There's a there's part a of sequel, Pac- and it's pretty good. There's a part of the first one though where the mon- the alien the robot is trying to throw a punch and rockets turn on on the back of its elbow like it's a space shuttle going yeah, like into a super a punch, punch. Oh, it's so good that movie rocks fucking ass it's so sick and i love it well and like you've been watching new godzilla jake and i for the last few months have exclusively exclusively been watching old godzilla the old mm-hmm. japanese godzillas because we have a tv channel that came with our tv that's all godzilla and Santo, the luchador that fights universal monsters and crime, and yeah. also other luchadors. Yeah, yeah. If you're unfamiliar, this is not a bit. Santo is a uh, is a is a Latino legend. Um, legend. He's a luchador, a masked wrestler who fights uh, like 
vampire like not and not just vampires like no dracula, dracula literal dracula not tm like yeah <laughs> like the spirit m- halloween version of dracula and you might be thinking to yourself oh is the story like he's some kind of latino descendant from van helsing like were the van helsings involved in something weird during the 40s and then they moved to argentina and gave birth to no Santo? but i think that's how what we do in the shadows happened but we can get back to that another time <laughs> I've actually, you know what? I've developed my own theory on Santo that I like a lot more. But no, that's not. He's not a descendant of a monster hunter. Santo is just an a real life wrestler who is yes. just very good at wrestling. It would be the equivalent if like we just started making movies where Hulk Hogan beat the shit out of Michael Myers. All right, it's insane. Not, not opposed. <laughs> um, but here, well, we kind of do. We that's what The Rock became. But sure. Uh, the cool thing about Santo is in almost every Santo movie, the police are like, we're stumped. The only person who could possibly solve this case <laughs> is this luchador. And they like show up at his wrestling stuff. And it's like full, like in real time wrestling matches. And yeah. then they like meet up with him in the locker room. They're like, Santo, we need you. And he's like, let me guess Dracula's back. <laughs> it's insane in the best way i love it so much i i am now stuck with myself for realizing something that you just said which is that we did as americans do this with the rock and briefly with john cena um yeah but it's not the same because again he fights dracula and werewolf and like frankenstein's monster at one point it's, yeah, uh, but is also just a working wrestler. It's yeah. it's almost like The Rock. It, if The Rock went up against the Swamp Thing as The Rock, yes, yeah, like it's still like, <laughs> do you smell what the Swamp is cooking? Like that's what Santo is, I and it's phenomenal. The main difference is exactly what you said. If if a movie started with an uninterrupted fifteen minutes of The Rock in a real wrestling match, <laughs> yes, and at the yes. end of it, they came up to him and said excuse me, Mr. The Rock, there's been an earthquake in California. And then the movie played out. It's it's incredible. (laughs) It's so good. But yeah, so we've been on a Godzilla binge and then we're also watching um, Monarch Legacy of Monsters Mm -hmm. um, because it has both the Russells in it. So like, hell yeah. And uh, Durs, which you keep telling me. And Durs, the Durs. Yeah, from uh, Workaholics, which is... Mm -hmm such a good time i love all those boys so much so so because we know this this episode is going to be a rough one uh which by the way content warning uh physical abuse sexual abuse childhood abuse sexual assault religious abuse all of it if it all of it yeah the only thing that doesn't happen in this one is home surgeries. And the only reason I say that is because I don't specifically have a note that there were home surgeries, but I wouldn't doubt it. Mm. Yeah. So because it's so awful, um, I'm going to be dropping. Uh, well, in the fr- actually, you know what? In the first episode, I dropped Godzilla facts. But Paige, mm-hmm. since you know all of those facts, I sure. will be uh, splitting it up between offering you Godzilla facts and okay. facts about El Santo, the wrestler yes! who fights monsters. Yes! I'm so <laughs> thrilled. I'm so excited. And then at the end, we have the ultimate palate cleanser to wipe your brain, where we will discuss our scientific research around kongs so yeah yeah. around a very specific region of the kingus kong which is the scientific name for big ass monkey yep Mm -hmm. so let's get into the the resources and just sources uh so that we can get into this episode and get through it together Mm -hmm. together uh so we Uh, have Salt Lake Magazine's article on the FLDS Church timeline. That is a timeline broken out over all of the different offshoots of the FLDS. Uh, And thank you to all of you who sent me the one that looks like the MCU. That's incredibly hard to read, but I appreciate your efforts. Um, Also, thank you to everyone who sent me information on the Kingstons. Trust me, the Kingstons, the Lafferty's, the LeBarons, they will all get their own episodes in due time. We can only do so much. We only have so many uh, El Santo facts. Uh, Then we have 
some articles on churchofjesuschrist.org. We do compare those with other sources because, unfortunately, Mormon sources sometimes tend to be a little rose-tinted, so we try to compare them with uh, sources that we can corroborate elsewhere. Uh, we have the Keep Sweet documentary on Netflix. I'll talk about that a little bit more in the episode. And then we have Prophets Pray, My Seven-Year Investigation into Warren Jeffs and the Fundamentalist Church of Latter-day Saints by Sam Brower. We also have an article from Deseret.com, which is, again, a a Mormon source, but it is an article uh, archived around the death of Rulin Jeffs. Are you ready? Absolutely. We covered a little bit last week about how Rulin Timpson, in case you forgot, uh, Jeffs, comes into power. Uh, Now we're going to cover a little bit more about how he changes the organization and how he paves the way for his son Warren to take over. And as we jump in, I want to make a couple things clear. First and foremost, a lot of people think that the bad stuff in these groups starts with Rulin. It doesn't. Uh, That is where the documentary starts, I think, because the documentary is just telling things in a different way. It's, It's a lot more about... Um, survivor stories and I think those are very important and very impactful and I think it's very I I think the documentary does it very respectfully Um, and I do really really recommend watching it as a companion piece for us we kind of have to cover stuff chronologically so we have to look at like how this happened in order somehow so we can give some kind of historical context to it as well so the thing to remember it's not that it got bad with Rulin. Uh, it's that things were already bad and they just got so spectacularly bad under Rulin and documented, documentably bad. Uh, anyway, that we have to cover it at that point because before Rulin, it was still a group practicing questionable marriage tenets. And by that, I mean people being married very, very young and potentially without full consent in the middle of Arizona, isolated from society, following a man they believed to have a direct connection to speaking to God. And on any other episode, that would be enough. So that's our baseline to tell you how bad this is about to get. Yeah, it's, it's rough. It's... um. It's already pretty bad. Paige, are you ready for your first El Santo fact? I am. Please tell me about El Santo. (laughs) El Santo is a legendary luchador who never removed his mask, ever. Even in private company, he always kept his (laughs) mask on. Amazing. I love this. In fact, when he was supposed to fly to different places, he would take a different plane than his crew for the parts of the trip where he was legally required to remove his mask so that they would never see his face. And he seems to have only lifted his, uh, his mask publicly once on a talk show. Um, but even after his death, he was buried. Was he buried in Wearing a- the mask. Oh my God. Yes. Oh, I love that. Doesn't that kick ass, dude? That kicks so much ass. That's branding to the max. (laughs) That is a choice. That is amazing. I love that. I love every part of that. The the second you said he didn't take it off in private company, I was like, was he buried in that mask? Was he buried? Absolutely, he was buried in that mask. Oh, that's phenomenal. Uh, well, let's get back to it. Thank you for that that brief reprieve. Uh, so <laughs> to tell the story, uh, from a more chronological perspective, instead of, uh, of spe- uh, instead of only wives and family members, the documentary focuses on the wives and family members and we will bring them up and kind of pepper it in, but we want to cover how we get here. Um, now Rulin takes power. And if you recall how that happened, Rulin, as you may remember, born into a polygamist family at a time when mainstream LDS was phasing polygamy out. Um, But he was raised in that environment. And through uh, the introduction of his father to uh, Musser, who is one of, if you didn't listen to the last episode, please do, because that explains a little bit more of who he is. Musser was a prominent church figure who continued to perform polygamous marriages after it was illegal. And he did this for multiple different offshoots, the Kingstons, the AUB, etc. Uh, Rulin Jeffs is introduced to his doctrine through 
his father. Uh, and then, of course, as Rulin grows up, he takes on additional plural marriages. He continues to advocate for polygamy, even though his first wife, not on board, and leaves him uh, because she was like, I'm Brigham Young's great-granddaughter, and I don't have to put up with this. <laughs> and that's pretty fun. But he does amass a, a group of wives. He moves to northern Idaho where he works as an accountant uh, until he kind of shuts his accounting practice and moves to Arizona to be closer to Leroy Johnson, with whom he had corresponded for decades. They were pen pals. I assume they probably visited each other at times. Um, but he moves to the compound. And within a few years, like two years to be exact, Leroy Johnson dies, leaving Rulin in power. Now, it's kind of interesting uh, how that happens because Rulin is in power. He takes over and there were other people in line like Leroy Johnson had other people who helped him. None of them fought Rulin. They all help him. So I think it's actually kind of interesting how smooth of a transition was. To me, that indicates that Rulin was known to these people and it was established far in advance of Johnson's death that this is what was going to happen. So um, now one of the things we do know about uh, Leroy Johnson is that he did practice polygamy, uh, but by and large, it did not seem to be as terrifying as the polygamy that we're going to see under Rulin and Warren to give you a little bit of uh, an idea, uh, Johnson married women all the way from the 1940s up until the early 80s uh, when he passed. Uh, and over that time, he married 16 women, of whom 13 were still living at the time of his death. Uh, the oldest being 70 when he died. So within just a few years of him, uh, the youngest being 18 oh so legally married we think not a hundred percent but still way too young to be marrying a dude in his late 70s early 80s yeah especially and i hate to say this girl but especially if he's got another wives at home you know what i mean yeah, well i mean like it's yeah it's all bad. It is it's all it, bad. It is very bad. And I'm just trying to make light of the fact of like, girl, he's got wives at home. He's got, we've got wives at home. We don't need McDonald's. <laughs> we've got wives at home. No. God, that's so awful. That's, ugh. It's now, and here's the thing. And here's why I don't think we hear as much about Johnson on his own. Mm -hmm. There's definitely information about him out there. It just mirrors a lot of what we're going to see later. But- there are not as many people going public who were involved or married to Johnson. And in part because a lot of them are dead. I mean, at the time he died, three of them were already dead. Uh, so there were only another 13. And even the youngest of those would be my parents' age at this point. So, like, depending on when and how he married people, it's unlikely that many of them are still alive. And even though the ones, even the ones that are may not speak out at this point so we may never know the full extent to how bad it was under Leroy Johnson but I would assume given the things that we know it still wasn't great mm -hmm. it was pretty bad when Rulin took over uh things got worse it uh it got real worse because when Rulin took power he already had multiple wives as I mentioned and they all seemed to be seemingly adults within a few years of his age like not wildly young um and there were only a handful of them but literally as soon as he takes over he starts marrying again now we got to talk about plural marriage as a concept a little bit for the mormons first and foremost uh the goal is to marry three or more wives if you're going to practice polygamy that's the point at which you get like your own planet and stuff um and what's really interesting in the documentary somebody asks they're like well what do women get and he's basically like a, hus a husband uh <laughs> just one of the guys they interviewed <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny i was like yeah 
yeah, dude. Well, <laughs> then, no, this does I, not benefit everybody. <laughs> I don't even fit. Yeah, at best you get thirty three percent of a husband. Of a husband, yeah, yeah. It just yeah. So only men can have their own planet. Is that right? Right, right. But, but then, you want to be like queen of a planet? I I guess, but like huh. you don't rule the planet. What it's is not great? Is, is the because <laughs> this seems like the same logic of like. Getting a planet is just like getting into a cool bar downtown where you have to bring hot women with you so you don't fuck up the ratio. Oh, yeah. It does seem that way. Yeah. That's okay. I, I know that it's all dumb and stupid and just weird justifications for marrying multiple women. Um, right, right, right. But it seems like such a uh, like... There seems like so many more practical lies you can tell other than, well, when I marry three, I get... <laughs> get my own planet sure a planet wink wink like that that's what it feels like a little bit yeah because god works like a sandwich shop where he'll just give you a punch card and on the third one your planet is free (laughs) or you get like 20 percent off mayonnaise or something (laughs) that's why you get well but hey when i marry my fourth wife that's when i get free sandwiches for a week a whole week plus complimentary smells from james jonathan's sandwich emporium now um again he starts marrying people as soon as johnson's passes johnson passes um and at first he starts marrying women in like their 30s or 40s uh which again is still he's in his 70s is like 30 or 40 years his junior um but these are women who maybe their husband had passed or they had had joined later um any number of things and at first it seems like they're still consenting adults but that very quickly changes uh and we know most of this from not only the documentary but one of the most consistent accounts of the process by which Rule and Jeffs married people and what it was like to be married to Rule and Jeffs is from a woman named Rebecca Wall. Uh, she was married to Warren Jeffs at this time, and she does tell her story in the Keep Sweet documentary, but she actually spoke out long before that. She's given multiple interviews. She is a fucking badass. Uh, when Warren comes into power, she jumps a fence to escape. Like, oh. she's awesome not that anyone not that the other people aren't awesome they are all they all have their own journeys they all overcame incredible obstacles to get to a a healthy place uh but rebecca's story is wild and she has done a ton of work to try and make leaving high control groups like the flds more accessible while actively working to expose the dynamics of the group she was subjected to now the documentary includes both Her and her parents and other, I guess, half siblings would probably be the most accurate term. Um, Her parents joined when they were already married and she, I believe, was a very young child. According to her parents in their interview, which they're interviewed together, by the way, only the his first wife. I don't think we get to talk to the other two, Um, but he is interviewed with his first wife and they said that they joined to get closer to God. They wanted a more intense religious experience. Um, and they came to believe that polygamy or plural marriage was how they would do that. Now it does cite that his first wife was not too jazzed about that at first, but did eventually agree. And they do take a wife that does seem to be age appropriate. And they lived in a two story house where one set of kids lived downstairs and one set of kids lived upstairs huh yes that's 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 uh that's weird i mean it's it's a very different way of growing up and they do say that they they would identify them as the upstairs kids or the downstairs kids (laughs) which that seems kind of bullshit (laughs) that i mean like that seems maybe not nice walter Um, which one upstairs walter Uh, well they're mormons so it's like it's names like rulin timpson you know like Braylonish. upstairs downstairs you get your your, you get your upstairs ass downstairs right now yes um now at the time her family only had one additional wife um her father wanted another one 
And this is where we'll get into the process of how wives are assigned. Yeah, that. so this happened the last time where, man, I wish I had that genuine reaction on hand, but I did not know that they were assigned. And coupled with the fact that, like, getting, quote-unquote, a third wife is what gets you into your own planet makes this whole thing an extra layer of fucked up where, like, I thought it was a challenge where you had to convince three women to also marry you and that's why you earned the planet but it's not it's and also that would still be kind of fucked up but you know what i'm saying like it's weird that you get assigned a wife like it's leaning so far into the property over personhood of a wife yeah absolutely uh, and do you want to do a palate cleanser before or after? Because I remember last time you were so shocked by the fact that we were assigning wives <laughs> that we uh, learned a lot about Godzilla in that moment. God, I can I can give you um, because it's so disgusting. I can give you a little a little quick one. Um, sure. Santo has been in over fifty six movies. Is that correct? Jeez. Yeah, and that's not even including like he was uh no he starred in over fifty two movies um multiple television shows and is even the figure of his own comic book i um, love that yeah which I, th- I i'm not sure about this but might be canon within dc so there's a world where el santo is on the same page as superman or batman did you find it yes <laughs> oh that's well, incredible Okay, so there. Well, there's a character named Santo. I don't think it's related. It might be different, but I uh, think it's different. Yeah, but a lot of the movies that we have talked about so far have been about Santo fighting um, supernatural villains, including uh, Santo versus the zombies, Santo versus the evil brain, Santo versus the diabolical brain. Um, but my favorite pairing of movies is is 1965's Santo versus the Strangler, followed up by 1966's Santo versus the Ghost of the Strangler. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of tells you all you got to know about the ending of the first one. And also... <laughs> He does, in fact, wrestle the ghost of the Strangler. Amazing. I I think the one that's been playing on TV most often right now is it's literally Santo versus all of the Universal Monsters in one movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one rocks. That's, um, I think Santo, I think it's just called Santo versus the Monsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, back to assigning wives. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Um. Now, according to Rebecca and others in the documentary and others who have spoken out since, uh, there is a process within the group uh, where once a woman uh, was deemed eligible to marry, uh, ideal scenario would be that she decides that for herself. However, that's not often the case. Mm -hmm. Um, Their parents, their families would present their daughters to the prophet, a.k.a. Rulin, Uh, as being ready to marry and he would assign them to a husband now uh just in case you had any illusions that he was like you know matching up young guy young girl and just doing it indiscriminately no uh no that's not how this happens at all Uh, and also by all straight like there's no (laughs) they don't believe you can be anything else um this is largely used as a way to garner favor and keep people close and kind of as bargaining chips. Um, So, for example, people don't choose their spouses, or at least women didn't, but men would petition the prophet to have additional wives and sometimes point out who they wanted. And once they were deemed ready to marry, they could potentially be handed over to them. Uh, In Rebecca's case... Um, there's a possibility that her marriage was kind of a swap situation um, where 
in exchange for her marriage, her father was eventually granted a third wife. Essentially, what happens was she was uh, presented to Rulin Jeffs, and uh, he said, God told me that you're my next wife. Uh, and so they were married that evening. So she got married to Rulin when he was in his late 70s, early 80s. And a short period of time later, her father was given his third wife. That is so gross, especially because essentially what happened is a man walked up to a girl and said, hey, me and my God saw you from across the church and we kind of <laughs> like your, your vibe. It's it's rough. It's well, and that's something we'll get into with Warren a little bit further on is that in in many cases, because they do want them to have a ton of children and whatever. But at a certain point, one of their kind of downfalls in these groups is that they keep getting rid of their young men because they don't want them around their romantic rivals. Mm -hmm. And so some of that will play into what happens with Warren Jeffs, but this was already happening under Rulin where he was just kind of assigning people to maintain loyalties. Um, and so for Rebecca, she was wife 19. Uh, Whoa. And she, yes. She was his 19th wife at 19 years old. Oh, that's your golden marriage. Oh no, that's terrible. Um, <laughs> it technically law legal in the sense that she is over 18, although mm -hmm. it is still polygamy. But again, that's, you heard the last episode. Also um, like a huge. Still super gross though. <laughs> yeah. There's this huge gross fucking power imbalance there with yes. like, you are now the night. Well, the 19th wife of uh, essentially like a prophet, right? Yes. Yeah. And, and she does cover that too, where she was like, her parents agreed immediately because it was considered an honor, like oh. a huge honor to be the wife of the prophet. And she felt like she did not have a place to say no, even though that was not something she wanted. So God, that is fucking that is that sucks that's gross and it sucks and it makes me upset yeah uh it is about to get very much worse um do you want to stop now or stop a paragraph from now <sighs> i'll give you the next time i'll give you a godzilla fact but i love these santo facts so much <laughs> Um, so Santo is well known for, uh, <laughs> fighting monsters, but as we've alluded to, he also fights crime. Uh, yes. as you can see from movies like Santo versus the King of Crime, Santo versus the Vice Mafia, um, and also- <laughs> And the Ghost of the Strangler. <laughs> and the Ghost of the Strangler. One of my favorite movies that in reading about it is, it is essentially a weird- version of taken um, okay it came out in 1973 and it's called santo versus the kidnappers uh and it's i would pay all the money i had to watch a luchador version of taken but my favorite one i have a very special set of skills one is the pile driver two involves a folding chair but perhaps my favorite one of the Santo fighting uh, crime ones is Santo versus the anonymous death threat, um, which at first I was like, wow, that's just kind of a really funny title for a movie. Paige, I need you to I need you to see uh, the poster for this movie. Are you ready? I'm so excited. Yes, I'm ready. Boom. Hold up. Boom. It is the story of Santo fighting a group of neo-Nazi. I love it. I love it. Santo's on the right side of history. Santo is on the right side of history. Also, I love that the first name uh, given out is Armando. Oh my God, it is. Oh, absolutely oh. incredible. I thought, first of all, I was like, okay, that's just a goofy name. That's a goofy Santo versus the anonymous death threat and then i saw the little <laughs> thumbnail picture had a tiny little swastika on it and went huh and loaded it up and it's beating the shit out of neo-nazis in the 70s not even it. in america or i think he comes to america to beat the neo-nazis asses but he's not even an american god i love santo 
Santos, so great. Um, so let's get back into it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Rebecca's account, along with the accounts of many other women who were married to Rulin at this time, uh, stated that they would be required to line up every night in order uh, to kiss him goodnight, at which point one of them would be selected to and huge air quotes around this make love because I don't consider this consensual in any way. I consider this to be sexual assault for a myriad of reasons. They could not say no being one, but also nearly all of these women were denied basic health and sexual education. They did not understand what they were consenting to, and they were in a situation in which they could not say no. So Rebecca and others recounted stories like rubbing Rulin's feet or other things to try and let him fall asleep so they would not have to perform sexual acts. Um, At this point, he was in his 80s. He had an oxygen tank. The wives even basically multiple wives have said that they were told that babies were made by kissing. So they, they had no sexual education. So they I believe all of that fully negates their consent i believe all of these women were assaulted yeah um, yeah it's the every single part of this is so gross to the fucking like the fact that they their understanding of sexual education is on par with like a simpsons cartoon character uh right. as a child and and then also like it's just he fucking He's got his wives lined up like cars in a garage. And it, yes. that's such a fucking, it's, ugh. It's disgusting. It's upsetting. And also, I'm not sure if possible, but I'm I'm also wondering if uh, the oxygen tank ever comes into play with the sex. Like, does he like it when you, like, you, you can't choke him, but so, you can't put your finger on the little hose? Okay, there is a story in the documentary of one woman accidentally stepped on the, the tube, and he, like, yelled at her for, yeah. Oh, so, no, he does not like it. Well, um, maybe you should have, I don't know. Sorry. I'm stepping. I'm stepping on a villain's thing, and he goes, "No, don't do that." I'm maybe doing it a little longer. Same, same. I, uh, you know, maybe you turn it up. Who knows? Um, but but yeah. So that's the reality of of all of these women. And despite his old age, because he is in his 80s at this point, Rulon would go on to marry dozens of women after rebecca she's wife 19 he gets to some wild numbers that we'll go over in just a bit um and the wives got progressively younger as they went some rumored to be as young as 14 or 15 years old give me that godzilla effect bro yeah i remembered what i said last time which is that every sentence in this episode is somehow the worst sentence i've ever heard in my entire life Yes. Uh, it just yeah. keeps getting progressively worse. Um, th- here's a cute fact. Did you know, I guess you do because I said it last time, sure. that Godzilla is a registered citizen of Japan? <laughs> I love that. I love that. I loved it last time. I love it this time. I love that Godzilla is a registered citizen of Tokyo and and technically could vote if he wanted to. <laughs> I like to think that Godzilla voted against Shinzo Abe and didn't want him <laughs> anywhere near parliament oh. or whatever. He just uh. shouts his vote into the sky, just a column of vote. <laughs> he checks the box with his fucking radiation breath. <laughs> uh, or whatever the noise it makes. Yeah. I, here's what I didn't like that I do remember from last time, uh, that we covered that new Godzilla movies try to retcon the atomic bomb. Yeah, new Godzilla movies try to say that we, we in fact, didn't actually hit Hiroshima because, okay, original Godzilla, beautiful social uh, discussion film um, about, it came out nine years after Hiroshima uh, and was, the plot was directly tied to the bombing, saying that the bombing at Hiroshima awoke something deep inside the earth and uh that radiation monster was godzilla and it's sort of like a metaphor for like man's hubris and creating something that could destroy the world if we didn't if we weren't careful basically yeah Um, and carelessly and and 
with no empathy, destroy the world. Kind of in the way that America destroyed and murdered literal thousands of Japanese people and did not care. And we didn't need to. And we just did it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the guy who make a Batman movie make a movie about the guy who basically fathered that uh, thing. And which everyone, did show his dick. So Which did show his dick. That is true. It is true that the guy who built the bomb was played by the guy from Peaky Blinders who showed his dick. That is mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The newer movies try to insinuate that all of the nuclear testing and bombing that happened in our world was actually other countries and people trying to fight Godzilla with nuclear bombs, um, which is insane. It is in, in, in it is, it is a wild premise um that makes us in the movies the recent ones the good guys i guess so weird that's so strange and frankly offensive to be honest yeah it's weird and it's mostly in the godzilla movies because what's interesting is the king kong movies is kind of a a metaphor for vietnam even though it you know takes place in like 2017 or it is uh comes out in 2017 or whatever there's even this great line by this actor who i love where he's like i've found that sometimes you don't find an enemy until you go looking for one and it's like wow so poignant Mm -hmm. and then the next movie is godzilla king of monsters and they're like it never happened the earth is hollow Good night. Yeah, hollow earth theory in Godzilla. Okay, we, we got to get back to the, the horrifying topic of today. But remember, yeah. Godzilla believes in the hollow earth theory. <laughs> so Rulin married a, a ton of people in a very, very short amount of time. Because in 2002, while sitting among his wives having a Bible study, he slumped over in his chair after having a massive stroke and died only a few days later. But it was within those days that one of his sons seized control of the church, David Miscavige style. Literally, as soon as his dad was incapacitated, Warren was there ready to jump into his shoes. At the time of Rulin's death, he was rumored to have had between 60 to 75 wives total, with approximately 65 still living. Um, there were over 60 children across multiples of his wives uh, oh. that were also still living. Many of the later and younger wives did not have children with Rulin, I think because of his advanced age. But we got to pause for a second. We talked about it last week. We'll talk about it this week. This makes incest a huge issue because... A huge portion of their community shares a fatherly ancestor. So across those multiple wives, those 60 children are all related. They're at least half siblings. Um, And even the ones that are maybe married off to elders or married a couple, you know, ways down the line are still first cousins. And so we will see in the coming episodes that incest becomes a pretty big part of this scenario where at minimum uh, people are frequently marrying their first cousins uh, because that's the bulk of the people around. Um, Now, he had indicated Warren as a successor initially, um, but, and we'll jump into this next week, Warren was not the favorite. Warren wasn't the oldest. Warren wasn't even the one that most people liked. But he was the one that the prophet believed another prophet had foretold. And we'll talk about it next week. God. Uh, it's, I mean, first of all, the disrespect. Your father's luchador mask isn't even cold in the ground yet. <laughs> <laughs> I. What if he got cremated in it and then he had an urn that was just shaped like a mask? I love that. That's, that's so good. Especially because, like, what if he got cremated in it and the mask just became pieces of silver confetti or, like, <laughs> glitter? Just released <laughs> into the sky or blown across. <gasps> no. Okay. If you're if you're a luchador, if you're a wrestler mm-hmm. and you die, put this in your will. Quote me, I guess. Um, 
get cremated and then you become pocket sand to be used <laughs> in wrestling matches to be thrown into other people's eyes to distract them at kumites god yeah you get to be uh oh what's his name that did that uh the big motherfucker he would throw poison dust in your face yeah 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 yeah. the guy god, from blood sport I remember, I remember i used to fucking love wrestling also speaking of having a ton of kids did you know that uh el santo had 10 of them Jeez. um although i think if i'm reading this correctly he uh was married they were all with the same woman his wife okay the love of his life was a beautiful woman named Maria de Los Angeles Rodriguez Montano. Uh, the two got married in the 1940s and Whoa. were blessed. Yeah, were blessed with a total of ten children. Um, God damn. Yeah, that's the other thing is that he like started wrestling. I think in the 30s, he made his in-ring debut in 1934 and then became a legendary superstar in 1953. Jeez. That's a long time. That's like a stand-up career trajectory of like 10 years of nothing and then something. And then just becoming the biggest person in the, like, country, I yeah. guess. Wow. Yeah. Uh, one of his sons is also a, a wrestler um, and wrestles under the name El Hijo del Santo, which the is... The son of uh, Santo? The son of Santo. Um, as well as his grandson, who is named El Santo Jr. <laughs> <laughs> amazing i love every i'm so glad we did this <laughs> yeah it's so good i fucking love el, i love el santo so much and i love santo uh, movies they're so fucking good but now okay let's get to the crux of uh what we have been talking about recently i have been watching a lot of these monster verse movies they're terrible they're awful they're so fun there's nothing better than the most dog shit plot you've ever heard of being acted out by some of the best actors you've ever seen in your entire life because these movies are fucking stacked kong skull island is cast like a fucking marvel movie it's got brie larson in it it's got the guy who played loki in it samuel l jackson's in it um fucking john c Riley shows up halfway through the movie and just stays there um it's absolutely incredible it's such a good movie and um the thing about kong yes is as i was watching it i noticed that they would keep almost showing king kong's genital region but that they wouldn't show it to which i went oh they're not going to show his dick because that would be awful and then they give you a full in sunshine fully well lit full body shot of king kong and you see that he is as smooth as a ken doll to which i started complaining to Paige, going well that's not realistic at all because king kong would have a huge dick this monkey's like 104 feet tall his dick would probably be the size of a fucking school bus and then you let me in on i am the worst information that primates have notoriously small dicks yeah i didn't know that gorillas have a fucking average dick size of 1.25 inches mm-hmm. they also are one of the only people or people i don't know why i said people um i guess they're like they're far back enough in the evolutionary chain to where they still have what scientists call the penis bone um which i once i discovered could not stop laughing yeah. wait is it an actual bone yeah it's a penis bone it's a bone in the penis oh geez yeah so the average gorilla has a um a penis size of 1.25 inches and knowing that i decided that i was going to figure out how big king kong's penis was uh and i did the calculations um <clears throat> king kong's penis would roughly be about two feet two feet it'd just be two feet long <laughs> it would be it would be the same dick size as if i took two regular porn stars and put their dicks tip to tip that would be king kong's penis or like a home depot bucket yeah or like yeah that's the other part i forgot about that or like a home depot bucket because i started thinking okay well sure it's gonna be two feet long but like 
what's that girth though right you know what right. I'm saying <laughs> anyone will tell you that look you can have the length poppy but after a certain point it does you no good you're hitting cervixes and shit it's not fun it's all about the girth homie where is king kong's girth at and that's when i made a bunch of google searches that are going on my permanent record forever you're like- banned from all zoos Mm-hmm. like average <laughs> average width of gorilla penis average girth of gorilla penis how round is gorilla cock i looked up every variation of this question and the internet eventually just said no no like, there's stop no it. there's no results for this the closest you will come <laughs> is uh average gorilla penis length um, so then I looked at a bunch of photos of gorillas' penises, <laughs> which is, look, it's not a highlight of my life, but it is the reason that I can factually tell you that if God, uh, uh, not Godzilla, if King Kong was real, he would have a two foot by two foot dick and it would be, <laughs> it would be more cube shaped than, than, than bucket shaped. Right. It would be it would be cubular. It would be cubular, not tubular, and it would just be a cube of cock that he has that's covered by his fur. Yes, to which I reminded you that if Godzilla not Godzilla, if King Kong was circumcised, it would be the size of an inner tube. <laughs> Jesus Christ. An inner tube that you, a normal human being, could fit in and ride down a <laughs> right river. Down. A real lazy river or or like a mountain. Um, I got to share something with you, though. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a good thing that we're re-recording this right now. um, Because if we had had the other recording, we wouldn't have had the text messages that I just received. So I have been sent, I'm sure you have too, a number of times, the video of DMX on the slingshot ride. Yep. Great. I talked about receiving texts of that during the last episode of Horror Virgin that came out literally today. And we got a message from a guy named Alex that said, I was a manager for that ride and I was there on that day. And hell yeah, it was amazing watching him on it. When you guys are ever in Orlando, let me know and I will have you guys ride it yourselves. <laughs> and oh my so. God. All this to say, sometimes you don't think you're famous, but then, like, you know, your words move mountains. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's incredible. For, right? We got to do that. Oh, I'm so down. Todd and Mike, you're not down. But you and I, let's go. In it to win it. We're going to... Uh, well, yeah. Well, first of all, we'll break the machine. I break yeah. a, cha- a lawn chair. There's no way I'm not breaking this fucking ride. Okay, but, like, when we die on that ride, do you know how fucking famous we're going to be? We're going to be so famous. A uh, 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 true crime podcasters die on the DMX ride. That's what the headline's going to say. Uh, <laughs> X gone give it to you. And by that, we mean coins for the ferryman. <laughs> you know what's so fucked up is like five months later, they're going to be like the troubling Google searches of dead true crime podcaster. <laughs> right before his to- death, he searched gorilla penis girth question mark. Right before King his Kong death. size queen question mark. <laughs> right before his death, Armando Torres, semi-famous true crime podcaster, uh, was caught googling average gorilla cock length and width. Please, I need to know what that girth do <laughs> multiple times, uh, as well as booking several tickets to several different zoos in the area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. If that slingshot rides at a zoo. If it's at like, yeah. you know, a Six Flags that also has an animal experience or whatever, might be Dunzos. We absolutely need that. That's what we need. We need to die. We need to, we need to make sure it's near a zoo and have tickets that for later that day to go to the zoo so that if I die, it just confuses everyone <laughs> forever. And we advertise it for listeners to come watch with the Paige and Armando cult podcast, Rough Riders <laughs> Adventure, sponsored by Monster Energy Drink. At this point, I'm honestly going to be upset if I live through the ride. <laughs> right? <laughs> be like, oh shit, I still got to pay taxes. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> 
All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope any of this has been helpful. Um, I know this episode was rough, and I hope that you liked our facts about a professional Mexican wrestler who fights crime and monsters. Uh, yeah. And facts about monsters who commit a bunch of crime. Um, and jesus yeah hey if you want to find me online you can it's very easy i'm at mondo does stuff that's m-a-n-d-o does stuff all one word on instagram twitter twitch tiktok uh all them good places um i will be visiting minnesota i'll be visiting minneapolis minnesota I will be freezing my ass off and eating hot dish. Um, I will also be finding out what hot dish is. Oh, uh, you're going to fucking love hot dish, bro. I believe I am. I'm mostly going to be eating shit like Juicy Lucy's and, and then dying of diarrhea. Putting the dye in diarrhea is what I should have said. God That's right. damn. All the fried cheese curds all the time. <laughs> and they have them everywhere. Every fucking... single restaurant. I love mm. it. It's It's where I believe my spirit should reside. Yeah, I like the Midwest because it's like a weird fairy tale land that makes me feel like I'm tripping on shrooms all the time. Because somebody will come up to me and go, hey, do you want to go get a Juicy Lucy? Then go to Menards and then maybe we'll go to the fleet store. And you're just like, mm, I know what all those words sort of mean outside of this context. Mm -hmm. But none of that means anything to me, buddy. Anyway, I'll be there. I'll be doing comedy. Um, if you want to come do a show, if I book some, uh, they will be available on my Instagram at Mondo Does Stuff, M A N D O Does Stuff, all one word. I already told you that. And go check me out on the other places too. And if you want to listen to another show with me on it, good news, idiot. There is one. It's called Rooster Teeth Podcast, and it's a very good show. Uh, you can listen to that anywhere you find podcasts. Or if you want to watch the video version for free, you can go to thertpodcast.com uh, to find all the places you can do that because it's the Rooster Teeth site. We have our own YouTube channel. Um, and also it's got a bunch of other information for you. So go check that out. That is thertpodcast.com. Please go listen to it. It's a good show. Go fuck yourself. I love you. Good night. Good luck. Goodbye forever. Mwah. <laughs> hey, remember after 9-11 when Marky Mark... <laughs> When Marky Mark was like, if I'd have been on that plane, it would have never crashed. And all, sure. I can, all I can think is that if Santo had been at the FLDS, none of this would have happened. What the fuck? I am so tired. Uh <laughs> if Santo would have been at... <laughs> if Santo would have been at Waco, none of that shit would have <laughs> happened, dude. shit would have happened. Ugh. Dude, if you had gotten Santo on that flight, there would still there would have been no 9/11. It would have just been another day. <laughs> uh, it would have been oh. Nueve and then whatever the Spanish word is for 11. <laughs> this is fucked up and we might need to cut it out of the show, but I just had a thought of I want to start doing a reverse Marky Mark where I just tell you about planes that <laughs> successfully landed and go see if I was on that <laughs> flight none of that <laughs> shit would have never made it to Boston I would have I, I would have farted so bad they would have landed in Chicago dude nobody dies it's just all emergency bathroom landings yeah it's just me going I gotta shit 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 until they land the plane for me oh my god Oh god. Oh. Okay. Anyway, so if you like my voice, <laughs> you can hear it on Horror Virgin or Romancing the Pod. Uh and I don't have a ton of shows coming up. This is the time of year that I take off, but I do have a bunch of stuff already booked for February and January and February. So follow me at Rampage Wesley on Instagram and TikTok for more information about that or at Page Wesley on Twitter. I uh, love you so much. Uh, remember that if we were on that slingshot ride, it would have never made it to the sky. <laughs> if we were on that slingshot ride, DMX would have been dead a long time ago. <laughs> My God, dude. Bro, saying <laughs> saying the phrase, do you remember right after 9-11? It just <laughs> fucking killed. What the? F I didn't know what was going to come after that. <laughs> Much like this episode where every sentence was somehow worse than the last, every syllable of your sentence, do you remember after 9-11, huh, when Marky Mark, what? Oh, God. Oh. <sighs> oh. 
Oh, we need to be done talking into microphones. <laughs> if you, hey, do you remember after 9-11 when Colt Podcast had an Instagram? Because I do. It's at Colt Podcast. Or at Colt Podcast Show on Twitter. <laughs> or you can send us a strongly worded email for the horrible things we've said at the end of this episode to Colt Podcast Show <laughs> at gmail.com. Or if you have tickets to go on that slingshot ride, you can send them to 3756 West Avenue 40, Sweet K, number 237, like the shining Los Angeles, California, 90065. But also, if you have, I know you guys are so crafty and you make amazing stuff, uh, which, by the way, thank you. Uh, thank you to kelly from milwaukee because we got your amazing bracelets that say amazing cult podcast things and i'll post Ooh. them on instagram but all you crafty people if you want to make us urns for after <laughs> we ride the slingshot ride um feel free to do that uh oh. and i'm gonna say don't don't drink uh radiation water from around japan i don't know if that's a real thing but yeah. Godzilla would suggest that it is. And don't drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> they got to send me a ma If someone sends me a mask, I'm going to get buried in that motherfucker. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. If you make luchador masks, send us fucking luchador masks.